Uh, I'm really excited uh, also for this, this message this morning. We're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, we are on part four, and we've been talking about being raised to life. And we kicked this message off on Easter and the importance of, of being raised to life as believers. And y'all, there's nothing uh, more important right now in this, this crazy time that we're in in our world with all the, the news and everything going on right now that we shine, that we shine brightly uh, for God, for other people to see, that we can be hope to share with our hurting, broken World. And so that's what we've been talking about, being raised to that life, being raised to that power, being, a, being raised to walk in on new levels of life, new levels of faith, so that we can, we can do these things. We can accomplish some amazing things. And right now the world needs Christians, believers, to stand up and stand out instead of blending in with the news cycles or what, what people say and believe on Facebook and people are so lost and my heart hurts and breaks. And that's why it's so important, y'all, that we, we be raised to life as we raise out of bed every morning, that the first thing we say is, good morning, God. Help me, God. Lead me today, God. Give me more love today, God, so that I can shine for him. Amen. So that's what we've been talking about. And today, we're on part four. If you want to go ahead and, and write down our topic, write down our theme that we're going to be hanging out on today, and we're on part four, we're going to be talking about fixing our focus. If you're watching with somebody, go ahead, look at them. Don't creep them out or nothing and just say, hey, your focus matters. Your, it matters. And when we, when, when we get a right focus, when we stop focusing and stressing out about things we're not called to focus and stress out about, uh, God can literally raise us to life. He can take us to new levels, new heights. We can begin to soar on wings like eagles. Amen. Before we go ahead and, and, and get into the new part of the message, we're going to hit some recaps. Uh, and because we're coming to you live from our, our Harley Pond location, we haven't got all of our uh, super special techie uh, computers and all of our stuff in yet, so we are not going to be able to give you the, the points and the scriptures uh, but you can get that available to you. Just go to the YouVersion Bible app and, and search events. Type in Liberty Church, Holly Pond, and the, the notes, the outline is right there, and you can follow along with us. Amen. But So our foundational scripture that we've been using each week when we launch this off on Easter uh, comes out of Luke, and it's 24, verse 5 through 8. Uh, verse 5 there, it says, why do you seek the living among the dead, the angels say. Why are you looking for the living where the dead live? He says, he is not here, but he is risen. He is alive. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they remembered his words. I know that uh, you know the ending of this story. I know that. The majority of us believers know the ending of the story, but just because you know the ending of the story, I don't want you to, to check out. I don't want you to stop listening uh, because just because we know how it ends, uh, we have to not just know, we have to believe. And so, and so just because you know how it ends, do you really believe it? Do you believe that he's alive? And y'all, our God is alive. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave so that you can get to do the same thing. Our first recap point, we said 
that we are raised to life by the faith and the finished work of Jesus. And we are raised to life by the finished work of Jesus and nothing else. Nothing else can raise you to life the way that God wants to raise you to life. Nothing else can give you that joy that you so desperately want and desire in your life other than the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And we said, amen, it's finished, amen, it's finished. You can't buy that type of joy in a drug or alcohol or, or, or through entertainment. You can't find that type of joy anywhere in the world. You can't do it or attain it yourself. Only when you believe and receive that free gift that is Jesus in your life can you begin to be raised to new life the way that God wants to raise us to life. That second recap point. So we're raised to life by the finished work of Jesus. Uh, the, the second point says, we are raised to life through the person, somebody say person, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us new nature, new eyes, new ears, and a supernatural power. A supernatural power uh, that only can come from God. You can begin to do things, experience victories that you don't even know that you can because of the supernatural power that comes from the person of the Holy Spirit. And he is a person of the Trinity and equal to God the Father, the, the Godhead, God the Son who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit to give us new eyes, new ears, a new heart, a new mind. Those sound like pretty awesome things. Ian, the old Ian, uh, pre-pastor Ian, pre-husband Ian, needed some new eyes, new ears, a new mind, a new heart before God could begin to move in, take residence in my life, and begin to raise me to new life. Y'all, we need these things. What would happen if the world would ignite for Jesus? The whole world would have new eyes, new ears, new hearts, new minds, new lives, raised by the finished work, by the Holy Spirit of Christ. Amen? That next recap point, our last one, before we start getting and in, diving into the new stuff. Uh, we are raised to life by the love of God. This is what we talked about last week. And we are filled to the fullness of God to the degree that we comprehend the love of God. So we're raised to life by the love of God. you got to know that God loves you. And this, here, here's the point. Uh, that we struggle with. See, everybody knows that God loves them. They've heard it a million times. Yeah, God loves me. But I feel like the Holy Spirit really just impressed this theme upon me, uh, praying and studying this week. We got to move away from I know to I believe. That I believe that God really loves me. Even when I mess up in my worst. When I feel the conviction of something that isn't necessarily even there, I haven't done anything wrong, but I feel like God's mad at me. I feel like, I feel like I've, I've let him down and, and God can't love me. He can't accept me the way that I am. You got to move away from, I know that God loves me, like a spoiled uh, kid. <laughs> Think back to when you were a kid and your parents were trying to explain something to you. You know, and I know mom, I know dad, I already know. And then what happened? We learned the lesson the hard way, right? Now I actually listen to my mom when she speaks to me because I did it the wrong way for a long time. She was trying to help me, but I knew it all. I didn't necessarily believe that she was trying to help me. You got to move away from I know that God loves me to God, I believe that you love me so much that you sent your best to die for me. And as we grow in our knowledge and our faith of that truth, 
the knowledge and comprehension of, of God's love and how vast and how big it is becomes stronger in my life and I become filled to his fullness so that he can use me for his good. Amen. Somebody say good. That's good news. So our first new point, somebody say amen. <laughs> we got through the recap. Uh, so our first new point uh, this morning, I'm excited uh, to give this and lay this out for you this morning. We're talking about our minds. We're talking about the importance of, of fixing and renewing our minds and our focus in our lives. That first new point, I know all y'all sitting there ready for the fill in the blanks. So like, all right, just go ahead, Pastor. Give me the blank so I can fill it in. Here it is. We are raised to life by the renewing of our minds and the fixing of our focus. Renewing of our minds and the fixing of our focus. We have all been broken by sin. Broken thoughts and broken focus produce broken lives. I love that. Broken thoughts and broken focus only produce more brokenness. More broken lives, more broken thoughts, more broken hearts. Uh, and, and so it's important that we got to see and recognize that we have broken parts, areas of our lives. The second part of that um, statement, that first point is we need God to transform us and raise us to life. We need him to, to reign us in and to help us renew our minds, to make our minds brand new, fresh and clear, to think in a new way outside of the box the way that God thinks. What does the Bible say? He says, my thoughts are higher than yours. We can still share in a, a kingdom a perspective that God has for us and what he wants to, to give us. And so, but you got to know that, that, that we're all broken. We've all broken. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. We've all done it. We've all, we've all messed up. Even though we're saved, if you've accepted Christ, you still have to walk your salvation out every day. I don't believe in once saved, always saved. That is a lie from the, from the enemy. You've got to walk your salvation out. And one of the last things to really fully go, the one of the last things that we fully let go of uh, is, is our mind. It's one of the hardest things that we have to renew every day. Uh, the longer you live for Christ, the easier it becomes. But just because you get saved for Christ doesn't mean you don't ever battle with a, with a negative thought or an impure thought. It's something that is actually our responsibility. And we're going to look at that this morning, that my freedom is my, my responsibility. But I just want to ask you a question. Y'all, what, what could happen? What would happen if we could capture our minds and our attention for His glory? For His glory... Uh, the same way that we capture our minds and our attention uh, with Facebook or Netflix or YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. Y'all, I have an iPhone. Uh, anyone else has an iPhone? You know, they got this thing now where each week it sends out a, a percentage of your screen time. How much time uh, you actually spent in the last week on each app. Y'all, and I thought I, I love Jesus. Uh, when you get them percentages, you think, I just I spent uh, eight hours all week on Facebook. What kind of screen time are you giving Jesus? You're mad, you're frustrated, you're depressed, you're struggling with all these thoughts and things. And you wonder why, because you spent 20 hours all week on Facebook just getting, getting, uh, just rotten news, just your feed is just filled with filthiness. And you haven't spent 
Let's say two hours all week with Jesus. You didn't give him two hours of screen time. I call it face and feet time, at the feet and the face of Jesus. And that's how God, y'all, that's how he's going to renew our minds. That's how he's going to fix our focus. We're focused on external things that have no value. Uh, and God can't renew our minds until we, until we allow him, invite him in to our lives. Amen. Romans, uh, Romans 12, 2. I love this scripture. We give it to you a lot here at Liberty Church, but it's, it's powerful. And so it says, don't uh, copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you. God can transform you in a certain way that only he can. God can transform you, but we have a, a, a part to play. But the rest of that, he says, you into a new person by, there it is, changing the way that you think. You have to begin to change the way that you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And so to allow God to fix our lives, he can do a work that only he can. We have to play our part, which is we have to fix our focus. To allow God to fix our lives, we have to fix our focus. So what do you think about? What are the things that you are obsessing about in your life? What are the things that you constantly bombard your mind? Is it sexual temptation? Is it wanting to drink? Is it wanting to use drugs? Is it, is it a constant uh, a tainted self-image about yourself that no one likes you, that you're ugly, that you're not pretty, that you're not good enough, that you can't do, uh, that, that everyone's always mad at you? Are these the things that you're focused on? Because if so, then your focus is broken. You're focusing on the wrong things. Only God can truly fix our lives, but we have to fix. I can fix that I can take captive of those things that are, I know are not from him to allow him to begin to fix my focus. And see, only God can truly fix our lives, but only you, only we can decide what we get to set our minds to. We get to decide what we set our minds to. So that thing that you hate, do you hate it enough to let it go instead of nurturing that thing, that thought that is killing, stealing, and robbing from you on a daily basis. You got to set your mind to something else. Excuse me, I lost my spot here a second. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus. There it is. Paul is writing to the Philippians. He says, But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. To what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So we're talking about setting, resetting our minds, resetting our focus, taking our focus off the things that are, 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 are really killing us and robbing us of the joy and peace that God wants to give us. And so Paul said it. He said, Paul changed his focus. 
He says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race to receive a heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul changed his focus. We are no different. We have to change our focus and begin to, to declare his promises over our lives. Let's go ahead and look at that next point uh, this morning, that second point. It says, only when we fix our focus can we be renewed in our minds. You can't experience transformation and be renewed in your minds until we begin to, to compartmentalize, figure out the things that I, I'm focusing on that I don't need to, to focus on. Uh, when I do my part, I, I, my mind becomes uh, to begin to be renewed. Uh, as God fine-tunes us, we can begin to look forward with expectation instead of staying trapped in the past of normalcy and complacency. I love that because as God begins to transform us and renews us, he begins to fine-tune us to begin to focus on the things that really matter and the things that are really important, which is, which is the now and our future instead of our past that we stay stuck in, that we can't break out of, the things that are holding us back. And so God, he really, he begins to fine-tune us as we begin to renew our minds. Uh, anybody old enough to remember the old uh, transistor radios, you know? Yeah, somebody. Come on, Mr. Kevin. You know, you had to... Uh, you had to tune that thing with the dial to get to the station. It might have two, might have two tuners. And you gotta, you got to tune it in. But what happens as you get to the thing you're trying to get to, it begins to come clearer. And you get to it, and you get to it, and you get to it. And all of a sudden, it's clear. It's profound. It's bold. It's, it's clarity. And God does the same thing with us. As we begin to fix our focus, he begins to tune us. And now I see clearer. Now I hear clearer. Now I begin to feel the way God feels about certain things in my life. I begin to see myself the way that God sees me. And he begins to, to fine-tune us just like with that old radio. And now I begin to be a, a vocal piece, an instrument of righteousness that God can use. And see, we become cleaner and we begin to think and, and see more clear. We're really uh, refined and purified by our thoughts. I had this thought during my quiet time, you know, we're saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, somebody. But what if we're refined and purified by our thought life? I become more profound. I become more refined. I become more pure by what I'm doing to fix my focus. God can only do a work. He did it with Jesus. You're saved by the blood and grace of him, but you're refined and purified by the way that you're renewing your mind on a daily basis. If you're not doing your part, you're not taking captive of these things, these thoughts that are not of God, and allow them to sprout and take root in your life, then nothing will change. Nothing can change. And see, we got to break free from our past. Because Paul said he had to forget the past, what did it say, so that he could focus. So you got to forget your past so that you can begin to focus. We have to really forsake our past. You better believe that Ian has forsaken his past. We're about to have a baby in less than two months. Uh, and I've broken some generational curses of addiction, pornography, bondage, uh, all sorts of things. 
And I, res- I forsake my past because I got new life coming into this world who's going to walk in freedom from the beginning in Jesus' name. And so if you're stuck in your past and it's killing you and robbing you of, of God's best, it's because you haven't forsaken that thing. It's dead. It's gone. You can't go back. And so the past, it really keeps us tethered to, to our unfaithfulness and to doubt. And it really keeps us tethered to normalcy and complacency. I want you to hear me. Normalcy and complacency will rob you of the focus that God wants to give you. Because God wants to do something new in your life. Here's the thing. If I told you that uh, God was about to do something new in your life, you would probably get real excited inside. You'd say, man, the pre-. you'd go home and tell everybody, preacher man said that God's fixing to do something new in our lives, new in our family. It's going to be awesome. But here's the thing. When God begins to actually start moving pieces in your life to make that brand new thing come to life in your life, it begins to feel abnormal. It's not the normal that you know uh, and actually grow accustomed to and you actually stiff arm God and resist the thing that he's trying to do in your life and you become complacent and you want the normalcy and you stay stuck in this, this normalcy. One of my favorite pastors, Stephen Furtick, I know you all know him. If you don't, look him up. He's amazing. He did a, a, an amazing message a couple weeks back talking about going back to normal. And right now, with the world the way it is, you hear that phrase all the time. If we could just get back to normal. If we could just get back to normal, then I'll be so much happier. The thing is, a lot of us probably two months ago were praying things like, God, I need something shaken up in my life. God, I need a change. I need something brand new. God, I'm at work way too much. I need more family time. And now you've had so much family time, you want to go back to that thing that was killing, stealing, and robbing, and destroying in your life. And you've lost focus, and you've actually robbed yourself of the now that God has given you to do something new in your life. And so we got we to break free from that. We can't experience freedom until we break free from normalcy and complacency. Y'all, in normalcy and complacency, the Lord was showing me, are directly connected. Uh, If I stay stuck in a normal place, I can stay complacent and keep putting it off. Eh, not yet, not yet, not yet. Monday, eh, Tuesday, eh, next week. Because I, I, I enjoy the normal. I feel safe and normal. You can't live for Jesus and safe. You can't live for Jesus and normal. God wants to do something new. and He wants to do it by renewing your mind and your focus, the things that are important to us. Amen? And, and, and our thoughts are so important because it's our thoughts that get us to live by faith or not live by faith. It's that thing that actually begins to, 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 to give me a path and direction because let me, let, me, let me lay this out for you, how important our thoughts are and how important our focus is because It's our focus that determines our thoughts. Our focus determines our thoughts. If I tell you, don't think about a big pink elephant, what are you thinking about? A big pink elephant. So it's our focus. So I don't focus on a big pink elephant. I focus on Jesus and what he wants to do in and through me today. So, but hear me, it's, it's, our thought, our, our focus that determines our thoughts, our thoughts determine our feelings, and our feelings control our actions, and our actions define our habits, 
And it's our habits that control our destiny. Do we need to break free from normalcy and complacency? Yes, because it'll keep me stuck and I'll, my destiny will just be of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. One major way that God fixes our focus is by reminding us what's really important. And so he says here in Colossians, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Okay, so you're battling with a thought. You feel alone. Maybe you lost your job. You, you, you feel like you're, you're struggling. You're depressed. I have this feeling. I feel depressed. If I don't do something with that and, and begin to find out that my feeling is it's a feeling for a reason, but it's not supposed to, to, to lead and guide and dictate my life. If I don't do something with that and begin to reset my focus on the realities of heaven, because just because I feel alone, it doesn't mean that I actually am. Or just because I feel depressed, it doesn't mean that there's not something I have to look forward to. If, if, even if it is get really tough, we don't have food, we, we're homeless, we're jobless, uh, we're addicted, there is still hope in Jesus. And I know that sounds cliche. You not understand what I'm going through, Pastor. My life is hard. The hope of Jesus sounds good, but it's, it's, not, it's enough. If you just stop and say, God, I'm done fighting. Come into my life. I need a change. That's where he meets us in our honesty. The realities of heaven, the realities of heavenly places in our lives that we can literally tap into that we can literally be transferred into the promise and the peace that God wants to give us. Amen. It's one major way that God fixes our focus by reminding us what's really important. What's really important in our lives. Hebrews 12, 2 uh, through 3 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There it is. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that, here it is, you will not grow weary and lose heart. He did that so that we would have enough faith to get through uh, that tough place, the rock in a hard place that you're in in your life. I don't know what it is, what it looks like. Jesus did that so that you could have enough faith, enough hope to keep on keeping on. To keep on keeping on. To keep doing church this way until something better, until God's promises comes to pass. I don't like doing church this way, but I'm going to keep on doing what God said until his promise which is yes and amen in my life, comes back into the picture of my life. And I have to fix my focus, fix my eyes on Jesus so that I can experience that and have that poured out into my lives. The Lord was just showing me. So we fix our minds by fixing our eyes. He fixed our focus uh, in all sorts of ways, but he can fix our focus in our minds by fixing our eyes. What are you looking at? What are you constantly looking at in your life? I'm talking physically with your eyes and also mentally in your mind. What is that thing that you just keep 
Look, you can't get away from that thing that feels like it's chasing you down. I shared a couple weeks back, I guess I'll share it again. A couple weeks back, that living for, living for God, living for Jesus is kind of like driving a car. You have to, you have to drive your car. That Jesus is the road. When you're driving a car, you have to keep your eyes on the road, right? Or you're going to crash. But every now and again, i got to check my mirrors to make sure I'm, you know, staying within my lanes. i got somebody trying to pass me. i got to even check my rearview mirror sometimes, make sure no one's on my, my tail. Uh, if, there's, if it's clear behind me, i got to do those things to help me stay focused, to help me stay true, to help me uh, get to where God is wanting me to go. So what are your eyes fixed on? Are they fixed on Jesus, the road of your life? Or are they fixed on your shortcomings, on your sin, on somebody who, that hurts you, somebody uh, that is still hurting you maybe? you got to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter, the pioneer of our faith. And he went before him, before us, so that we get to go with him. Amen? Next point. Fixing our focus, the third point, fixing our focus means setting our minds on God and all the good things that come from him. we got to fix our focus by, by focusing on all the good things that he's done in our lives, the good things that he's doing right now in our lives. And here's the thing, when, you, when those feelings come, when those thoughts come, you got to, at that moment, take it captive and tell that thought, that feeling that's not from God, and tell it who your daddy is. Tell it who your daddy is. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And because your daddy's a king, guess what? That means you're royalty. His promises in your life are the same. And so you got to tell your problems. You got to tell the world. You got to tell Facebook. You got to tell the devil. You got to tell yourself, remind yourself who your daddy is. He's all powerful. He loves you and cares about you. He's got you, but you got to trust him. And sometimes, I, I know, man, I, I've seen and been through a lot of stuff. Sometimes it is so tough. You might have to remind that thing, that thought, that thing that's trying to come against your life. If you feel like God's not doing anything in your life right now, and it's like you can't see God, you can't feel God. Yeah, I've been there, done that. You gotta remind it what God's done. You gotta that, that last victory that took place in your life and say, no. No, he's proven it once. He'll do it again. We sung about it this morning. God, you've done it once, you'll do it again. Amen. And you gotta tell it who your daddy is. Philippians 4, 4, um, chapter 4, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. There it is. Again, anybody seen a theme? On what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable, think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so you got there's a shift that has to take place. You have to begin to focus on these things, these good things that God wants to do in your life, the things that he's doing in your life. Psalms 119.58. Uh, we got David, the psalmist. He's, he's crying out, I have sought your face with all my heart. Go ahead and underline that if you want to in your Bible. All my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promises. Psalms 119, 116. Sustain me, my God, according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. You know what David did here? He flipped the focus. David flipped his focus. You got to flip 
your focus. When that thing comes against you, and you got to begin to speak God's problems. The thing is, not only do you have to begin to seek God's problems, you got to begin to search him with all of your heart, everything that you have. You can't be, you can't be half in the world and, and half into Jesus. Jesus wants it all. And that's only where real transformation can take place is when you give him all that you have to offer. Even if it's a penny, right? The woman that gave one penny. It was all that she had, though. It doesn't matter the amount. It just matters if you give them your all. And you know an amazing way how God actually changes our mind and changes our focus? By first changing our hearts. He changes our focus and our minds by changing. So you, if you don't give them your all, if you don't give them your heart, he can't begin to change your mind. I share this all the time, how God radically changed my perspective on so many things. Pre-Ian was probably a, a liberal Democrat. <laughs> you know, I would have told you that the abortion was a woman's choice. But what happened? The Holy Spirit moved into my life. Before I knew it, I, I saw abortion the way God sees abortion. How did God change my thought? He changed my heart first. So if you don't give him everything at the get-go, he can't begin to renew your mind. So you got to search him with all your hearts. you got to flip your focus. David flipped his focus. See, when my, when my thoughts and my feelings contradict what God says, when my feelings, my thoughts contradict what God says, it proves that my focus is in the wrong place. It's, it's, my focus is on the wrong things. I, I don't feel loved. God says that I am. Nothing can separate me from the love of God, right? It says in his word. I, I, I don't feel happy. Well, guess what? Pain comes in the night, but joy comes in the morning, right? I, I feel alone, pastor. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. No matter where we go, how far we stray, he's with us. I, I think I'm not enough. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror to stand and fight from a place of victory. I think, I think no one likes me. Jesus, the Son of God, nailed to a cross for you. People like you. Most importantly, God loves you. Your feelings can't dictate our lives. It can't dictate the amount of joy that I have or not. But now I gotta, I gotta give my heart and fix my focus on him so that I can live this way. You gotta fight back. You gotta fight back. This last point we're gonna give you today says we are raised to life. I love this. When we magnify God. I'm raised to life when I magnify God. And I minimize everything else that tries to set itself up against him. A renewed mind and a fixed focus produces a harvest of eternal life. And so here's the good news. We get to choose what we magnify. Everybody think back to science class. Anybody even know what a magnifying glass is anymore? That big old round glass. What happens if you put that on something? What does it do it? It enlarges, it magnifies that thing. And so whatever we magnify becomes gigantic in our lives. So hear me. If you are magnifying your depression or your addiction, it becomes bigger than it really is. When I take that magnifying glass off that ant, the ant doesn't change. 
But when I magnify that ant with that glass, it changes my perspective. It seems bigger than it really is. Your addiction isn't bigger than Jesus. Your depression isn't bigger than Jesus. And here's the good news. If I magnify Jesus, he's already pretty big. He's the Alpha, the Omega. But he becomes bigger in my life than he really is. And so I got to magnify him and minimize everything else that tries to set itself up against him. The things that have happened in my life because of him. Anything good in my life, it tries to come in and set itself up. And steal, kill, and destroy. And so what are you magnifying? Because when we magnify God, guess what? We get more faith and we get more focus. Faith plus focus. Faith plus focus equals eternal life. There's the solution to your problems. Magnify God, minimize everything else. When I magnify Him, I get more faith and I get more focus. And faith plus focus equals life in abundant, life abundantly, and eternal life for my life. It's the solution, the answer to all of our problems. 2 Corinthians 10:5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself, there it is, against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Somebody say captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So are you demolishing, uh, smashing these evil thoughts, these, these, these might even be people, places or things trying to come, come and set itself up against the knowledge of God that you know to be true in your life? Here's the thing. We have to stop befriending evil. Stop befriending evil. Every time you entertain a thought, that is not from God. You, you come in agreement with that thought and you actually begin to walk hand in hand with the enemy because you agree with what the enemy is saying about your life. And if you're walking hand in hand with the devil, guess what that means? You are an enemy of God. You can't come in agreement with God until you renounce what the enemy is saying and doing in your life, befriending the devil, befriending the enemy, befriending lies, all this stuff. And God, he can't fix our focus. He's like, you got to hear me. And we're over here accepting this lie in agreement with this lie of my life. You got to take captive of those thoughts. Demolish them. Cast them down. Say, not today, devil. My daddy is. He's done and he's doing. And you can't have my joy and peace today. Not today, devil. That's what we have to do. The last scripture, Galatians 6, 7 through 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So it's this simple. You know the the law of of, of sowing and reaping. It's as simple as if I sow love, then I reap more love in my life. If I sow discord and hate and lies, then I reap more discord, hate, and lies in my life. So hear me. The types of thoughts that you sow every day are the types of thoughts that you're going to reap. 
if I'm just magnifying this dark area of my life that I can't seem to break free from, my past or a relationship, or I don't know what it is. And I just keep sowing this thought, sowing this thought, seed of this thought, and it begins to take root and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's rooted in my life and my heart. And this is why we got to take captive of those things and sow God's word, God's thoughts into my life so that those things can begin to take root and blossom in my life. And I'll begin to feel better. There are, I've been through some amazing things, some things I did to myself that I don't even have to struggle with or think about ever anymore. There's freedom in Christ. There's freedom when we fix our focus on Him. Amen. If you're watching, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I want you to join me in prayer right now. And so I just hope and pray that the Holy Spirit spoke something specific to you today. And so if he did, right now, I want you to, we're talking about our thoughts of you, and only you know what it is. I want you to say, thank you, God, for pointing that out in my life. And it, do whatever that thought is you're supposed to do. If it's not for him, renounce it, cast it down, ask forgiveness from that thing, and begin to invite his presence and invite his thoughts and his word and begin to speak that over yourself right now. And I'll pray over you now. Father God, I thank you for your spirit. God, that can, uh, it just brings truth and clarity, Father God, to men and women all across the world right now, Father God. I pray freedom happens and takes place today, Father God. And as we're we're surrendering these areas. God, we give you permission to just come into our hearts and into our minds to work freely. Father God, I declare freedom uh, into the future, Father, into the, into the now and into the future, God, that people literally be untethered from their past, their normalcy and complacency, God, and they'd be lifted by faith, Father God, to soar high, Father God, in Jesus' name. If you're watching with us and maybe... You've never asked Jesus to become your Savior. We call it being saved or getting born again. It's as simple as saying, you know what? I'm done fighting with God. I'm done fighting God. And today, God, I want to invite you into my life and accepting that, that, that truth that is your son, Jesus. So if you've never done that, this next thing's for you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer here in a moment. But I also want to invite anybody who maybe, maybe you've known Jesus as your Savior, but you've fallen away. Right now, you know that you and God ain't right. You've been in sin. You've been, you've been doing some things you're not supposed to be doing, looking at some things you're not supposed to be looking at. And this is your moment as well, that you can, you can be restored to his fullness today. Amen. So if either of those two, you've never accepted Jesus, you've accepted him, and you've fallen away, and you want to get back right with God today, this is your moment. Here in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us in a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And if you've already done these things and you're, you're born again, I want you to pray with us and be praying for those right now who may be accepting Christ for the first time. By faith, we pray. So right now, lead me, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Father God, God, I believe that you sent your son to die for me. God, I receive him. Holy Spirit, Come live and dwell inside of me to lead me, to guide me, and help me all the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name.
Amen.